Hello and welcome to Tone Menders, where we talk with the sonic artists behind our favorite films, games, and series. My name is Tim Muirhead, and today we are going to be doing a genre draft with the Tone Benders crew. We have Renee Coronado. Renee, good to talk to you today. Hey, hey. Teresa Morrow, good to see you. Hey, oh. And Mark Kilborn. Hello. What we want to do today is we've got a list. If you want to go to uh, the episode page on our website for this, our social media will put out the list. We've got a list of six different sections of genres of movies, and we're going to each draft the genres that we want to work on or have enjoyed working on the most, and maybe uh, talk about what excites us about these different genres of films, games, and series. The trick is that each category has four possible things that can be drafted, and once one's been drafted, it's off limits for the other three to draft. So at some point in a category, if you haven't drafted from it yet, you'll be stuck with the last one if you don't do that. So there'll be, have to be some strategic drafting on trying to get to the ones that you want. So uh, first off, we're gonna have to decide a draft order. Uh, let's paper, scissors, rock for it. No, I'm just kidding, that won't work. <laughs> I mean, um, let's do it, why not? Let's just do it in the random order that uh, Zoom has made you all on my screen. So it'd be Renee, Teresa, Mark, myself, okay? Does that make sense? Cool. Okay. Are we doing a snake draft? Yeah, we'll do snake. Do you, do you, do you all know what that is? Whoever picks fourth picks first in the second round. Is that a Texas thing? No. <laughs> <laughs> the snake draft. <laughs> I think it's a sports ball Snake thing. drafting. <laughs> I'll read off the different uh, subcategories that we have to pick from. So uh, category one is mystery, war film, historical drama, and Oscar bait. Category two is a police or gangster film, action adventure, martial arts, or Western. Category three, zombie, slasher, thriller, or paranormal. Category four, sci-fi, fantasy, superhero, or monster movie. Five would be a regular doc, a musical doc or concert film, biopic or sports film, and six would be comedy, animation, rom-com, or musical. So we each have to pick one from those categories, okay? If I'm the first one, I can choose from anything on, the, on all six lists? Everybody can pick from anything. And then... But eventually we're going to get down to where there's only a couple left in each one and you have to start being more strategic. Got it. Okay, so Renee, you're up first. What is your first pick? I mean, sci-fi obviously wins. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Sci-fi is the coolest one. I mean, come on. You get to do lasers and blasters and doors and, you know, you get to make alien creature vocals. And sci-fi is always the best, like by miles and miles. Have you ever worked on a sci-fi? Yeah, you know, we did. We did this uh, little robot film called Ari. I do a bunch of like sci-fi type things for the stars when I do stars things. Um, and I just like as as somebody that like enjoys watching movies, like I, I start with sci-fi and then just kind of move on from there. Just because, I don't know, stylistically, like just all the cool shit happens in sci-fi to me. Okay, Teresa, you're up next. Where, where are you going to go? Oh, hmm. I'm trying to be strategic and not get rid of my only viable answer right off the map. You should take it. Jump on it before it goes away. Yeah, I, I will take it from you. Oh, uh, documentary. Why? Well, that's probably most of my experience as far as long form is concerned. I kind of like the current events aspect of documentary filmmaking and the relationship that you develop with the the crew on a, like the very small crews. And you really get into the topic and you feel involved in it. I think. And you get some real gritty audio to clean up. 
Oh, God. Well, yeah, I guess that's the other <laughs> downside of it. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in my budget area. Yeah, that's true. But it, they're more, it's a little, maybe it's more forgiving in that area as well because it is what it is. I guess docs have a lot of just sit-down interviews too, though. You know, you get a lot of just kind of talking heads in controlled environments. So that's that's easy parts. But I think the more interesting stuff is like out there shooting and trying to put the pieces together uh, from disparate sources and see what comes of it. It's not it's not always as mapped out. Oh, yeah. I, I did a doc this year of um, of a hockey player, Stephen Johns, who rollerbladed across the United States with the camera guy. Yeah, that was some incredibly gritty audio. <laughs> right. But, you know, I mean, the tools are amazing now. I mean, like, what we were able to salvage out of, out of that shoot was dramatic. And it turned out, like, really cool. And it was, it was super interesting. But it was wild and woolly on the way in. Yeah, and I'm curious as to... I haven't had a chance to really try Clarity in that context yet. But I'm curious about about cleaning up dialogue, but also I'm curious about the other side of it where you can try and take dialogue out, use those tools to take dialogue out of B-roll or other types of footage and see what you're left with. Um, I know some people were talking about that for M&E, like trying to use that those tools to try and create elements for M&E, but I, I'm, I'm wondering like what that would be like to create atmospheric tracks and stuff like that out of... Um, recordings that have voice in them, if you can like peel the voice out of that and see what's left. Have you messed with DX Revive yet? I haven't, no. Dude. <laughs> it's on my list. So it does like this weird thing where it's not like an EQ match, but it can just make any type of recording sound like it's like a studio mic. Mm. And it's the best de-reverb that I've ever run across. We had one, I had a, I had a little, uh, just like a internal Christmas video thing that we were dealing with the other day where it's like, you know, they, they would sit people in the couch and, and they sat them back and they just shot them with an iPhone and, you know, like a reverberant office space. And so, so they sounded like this, you know, like, you know, just all like that. Dude, I threw that thing into DX Revive and it sounded like they were loved up. It was wild. It was so cool. Huh. It's my only, it's like my first stop now. Right. We've been playing also with the Adobe, the Adobe offline one. But that one's weird because it'll actually synthesize the speech. And sometimes, like, if, it's, if the audio is really trashed, it'll put the wrong word in there, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The question I have about Adobe, um, because you're uploading material to an external server, who has the rights to those recordings? Like, it's a little, I still feel like it's a bit vague. Yeah. Okay, so Renee's taking sci-fi with the first pick. Teresa's taking documentary with the second pick. Mark, you've got pick number three. Oh, this is interesting. I don't want to pick the thing I want first because it feels like I don't know. I don't understand the strategy of drafts because I never watch drafts. But it, pick the thing you want first, and I'll pick the one that I want first because we can't steal from each other. All right. Um, I guess paranormal. Paranormal. Okay. Paranormal. Oh, okay. Topping the list. I work in games. I, I've you know, so not movies, but I'm, I'm kind of thinking of this as film. But whether it's film or games, like I've never gotten to work on horror anything the closest i got to work on was a some zombie stuff for call of duty but that's more you know run around shoot the monsters it's not that scary um like i would love to work on a film that would cause me to lose sleep i've only seen a few of those in my life you need to make a portal to hell yeah like there's just <laughs> like the conjuring is not necessarily the one but i'm thinking of things like the shining 
that's a big one for me. It would be amazing to work on something like that because there's so much you can do with the sound of it to really play with the viewer's emotions and scare the hell out of them. And that just sounds fun. What's on your list, like as paranormal films go? Like which which ones do you enjoy? Well, I would say, I guess, The Shining, The Exorcist are probably my two favorites. Um, I'm sure there's things I'm not thinking of. Paranormal Activity, strangely. I didn't expect to like that one, but that one actually kind of got under my skin the first time I saw it. Uh, those are a few of my favorites. Um, the Changeling, if that counts. That's an old one. Did you see Nope? Yeah, I did. That was... I can't say what that one was. I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But maybe paranormal? I don't know. It felt paranormal. I would call Nope more a sci-fi. That's the problem. Like, I don't want to just say here's why, but it's, yeah, it's kind of in a weird space. I'm trying not to give it away. <laughs> it sits in the middle there. It's on the boundary. When The Ring came out originally, well, the North American Ring came out, I went and saw it in the theater, and uh, at that point in time, I don't know if that was 2003 or whatever, the people working in the movie theater were working to rule, about to go on strike, and I asked for extra butter on the popcorn, and the person took that extremely literally and put, like, a gallon of butter on my popcorn. (laughs) And uh, then in the first jump scare, I, like freaked out and my popcorn went up and I just got this like oil covered butter all over me. Oh. That was the last time I saw a paranormal film in the theater for some reason. <laughs> you had a paranormal experience? Stupid popcorn. I, I'm not a huge fan of paranormal so I'm glad you took that mark because I wouldn't have because uh, those movies freak me out. So that puts me up to bat and I'm going to go with a sports movie because I've never done a sports project of any kind. Working with crowds, I think is really fun. I've, I mean, we're about to put out an episode on the Iron Claw, which does crowds really amazingly. And I've never been happy with the crowds that I've cut. I always feel like they're not what they could be. So to work on a whole film of it and really dig into that and kind of figure out how to hone that skill, I think would be something really fun. Crowds are so hard. It's true. Yeah, I feel like that's a whole job unto itself. Well, it's like, you know, there's all these perspectives that you got to catch, you know, you got to get the wash and you got to get the detail. And it's like, you know, so I was at the World Series because the uh, the Rangers were in the World Series and I was out there recording the crowds. The translation of the experience, like there's there's like three levels of it, right? So the first level is like what your expectation of that moment is. And the second level is like what your actual experience of it is. And the third level is like what the played back recording of it is. And they're all completely different. And then when you try and layer those things up against, you know, what's going on on screen, it's just like, oh, man, (laughs) you know, even though I was there with this specific microphone that I'm talking into, which is my favorite mic in the world. and, And, you know, some other mics up there, it's like there's still like parts of it that feel I don't know, like the wrong distance from this person over there and this drunk guy over here is ruining this part of this recording over there and this guy was an Astros fan, so he was cheering at the wrong thing. There's so many simultaneous variables with crowds that they're really, really, you just, it's like there's so many elements to try and you got to pull from and mine through to get something happening at all. Yeah, and then the element of sports with the actual games, if it's boxing or hockey or whatever, figuring out, like you, I, I think it would be really fun to do some field recording of like digging deep into a particular sport and trying to get every sound that would be made. Uh, I have a friend that got to do that on a hockey movie and they got to just rent ice for like four hours straight and they recording all their skating movements and digging pucks off the post and stuff like that. Uh, so I think a sports movie, whatever sport it would be, would be fun. Uh, since we're doing a snake draft, that means I was the fourth pick. So now I'm the first pick in this round. 
I'm going to go with a thriller because I don't want to do any of the other ones in that category. So I'm going to try and grab that one now. Uh, the thriller, the kind of like fatal attraction or get out uh, American psycho type thing. Those I think would be fun. You get the jump scares and such, but uh, you don't have all of the uh, the true horror, that horror and uh, paranormal and stuff go. So I think I'd probably try and tackle that. Again, it's something that I've never done. Would you consider No Country for Old Men to be a thriller? Yeah, that's an interesting one. That's kind of, yeah, it'd be a psychological thriller for sure. Would, what would you consider it? That'd be the top of that list for me. Okay, so I've got thriller, so we're back to you, Mark. All right, I'm going to grab mystery. And the reason I'm going to grab it is because I grabbed paranormal. Look, I want to work on a David Lynch movie before he dies, <laughs> and I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm a huge, huge fan. Just put it out there. I'm just going to put it out into the world that I'd like to work on a movie by that guy, even though I don't think he's going to make another one. Between mystery and paranormal, I feel like I've covered Lynch, right? And you even have Twin Peaks on the description. Uh, but I also like, outside of just Lynch, I really like mystery movies. Um, I kind of like all movies, but... Uh, it might be that my wife reads mystery novels and stuff all the time. That's probably part of it. And so we've, I've seen a lot, but mysteries are dialogue heavy films. People talk a lot in mysteries. I'm into that. It's, but there's a lot, it feels like there's a lot you could do with the music and the backgrounds and other things to really control again, kind of the emotional map of the whole thing. Um, and I think that would be fun. Plus I just enjoy the stories, whether it's, you know, kind of funny like knives out or, you know, portal to hell like twin peaks they all sound they're all interesting and fun so that's my pick uh, how did i pass on monster movie i went sci-fi. it's coming back around i don't think Teresa's gonna take it i don't regret it Teresa, you're up western Ooh. Ooh. yeah i'm gonna say western dang yeah i was hoping to get that one but uh, <laughs> yeah everybody wants western there's so much genre history there that like you'd get to do a lot of research to sort of find your references i like the wide open space yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so i i don't know i kind of like quiet films in general this would be quite quite loud i just love the foley in westerns yeah foley and like atmospherics and stuff like that not all westerns are loud though well, like somebody gets shot eventually so there's always that part yeah but you're right. I think most of them are quite quiet most of the time, and then they all of a sudden get loud when everybody dies. You're right, though. There is so much space for detail work in a Western. The reason the Foley kind of sticks out is because there's just all this space for the leather creaks and the horses and the, the boots on wood and all of that. In a monster movie, you're just not going to have space for. Horses are also a super fun vocal animal. Like, you can really get into, like, emotions with the various sounds horses make. I'm jealous that Teresa got Western. Uh, that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> okay, Renee, you're back with your second pick. So I got two in a row now? Yeah, you got two in a row. Easy for me. Police gangster. Police gangster, okay. Okay. Easy, easy. Just one of my favorite genres of film, like if I were to write and shoot a film, it would be a heist movie. It would be, it would be, you know, a person putting together a team of people and everyone going and robbing somebody. Like that's just one of my favorite <laughs> film premises in general. I imagine that would be like adjacent enough to Police Gangster. And also I do love Goodfellas and, and The Departed and all of those as well. Not for Boston accents, but you know. <laughs> like that genre is just a genre that I just... I truly do love just sitting and just drinking all of that in. Like, that's one of my favorite types of film to just sit and watch. So, Police Gangster, easy for me. It's a pretty universal genre, too. Like, everybody can relate to the Police Gangster genre, for sure. Yes. 
I was sick the other week and I sat down and just watched Heat. You know, and it was the best, just, yes. just, just the best. Even just on the iPad with my with my earbuds in, it was just like, ah, I love this movie. I think I'm winning this game. I have sci-fi and police gangster, <laughs> and you get to go again. And I get to go again. I know the obvious one is going to be war film, but I'm going to pass on that. Let's do comedy. I'm rolling comedy. Comedy, okay. What kind of comedy? And the, you know, a lot of what I like about the process of comedy is like the ad lib and the working with with like super high end talented actors doing ADRs. They just dream stuff up. I've been very fortunate to record some really amazing people as they're just improving up some comedy stuff. Like like at, at a point like what ten fifteen years ago. I got to record Lily Tomlin and Nick Cage doing all that for this film called The Ant Bully. And it was it was a hell of an experience just getting to like be the technician in the middle of all the art that was happening there. To to see like a really, really good actor like plying their craft with, you know, a really good, you know, director and producer just doing the thing. It's just like it's a it's a privilege to be a fly on the wall, you know, just to be in the space as that kind of stuff is going down. So, yeah, comedy is is next for me for sure. A fun thing about doing sound for comedy is that like placement of sounds by the very frame quarter frame sometimes can make a joke work or not work. Mm-hmm. You move that sound 3 frames earlier, oh, now it works, you know. The there's a lot of opportunity for sound to uh get the laughs. And then also for sound to screw up the laugh if you don't do it right. That's that's a fun thing about comedy is you get to play around. You got to keep yeah. trying. Oh, no, put it here, put it here. Put, oh, that's where it works. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm one of those simple people that where if, if a joke is funny, I laugh at it like every single time I'm going through it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that, that kind of like is always nice too. When like there's like a legit funny thing that I get to just sit and play on loop as I get the sound right. Like it's, that's working for me. Okay, Teresa, you're up. Historical drama. Yeah, historical drama it is. Why? Um, I am a pedant. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it would give me the opportunity to um, be nitpicky about details, accuracy in details. Again, you'd have a lot of things to look up and research and figure out what the right thing is and what's accurate. I love doing that stuff. I loved going down rabbit holes around that kind of stuff. I was watching Napoleon. I spent a lot of that movie thinking about, wait, should that be there? <laughs> like little details. Or is that what that really sounds like? But when, when it's right and when it feels right, it's really neat. Like, especially with stuff that doesn't exist anymore. You know, you have to figure out what would that sound like. Yeah, And uh, sometimes you can do the research and, and figure it out. And that process is interesting, too, to actually find, like, old mechanisms. Finding ambiences with no planes or cars in the distance and stuff, too. That's always tricky. Yeah, for sure. And you have to kind of dream that up in a way. That's what all those COVID recordings are for. Yeah. I read a really good book this year. It's called um, The Other Paris. And uh, it's a history of... Paris going back several centuries and it's all about sort of the stuff that isn't part of book history and all the detail of the nitty-gritty of life in like 16th, 17th, 18th century and there's so much that is not represented in conventional films that we can relate to because it's in the past or it's from a culture that's not familiar to us, we don't really think about it or we don't, we assume that life was so different. So there's little things that you can 
dude, I think, to help people feel comfortable with the representation of the past and feel like it's familiar. And then there's other things that can be enlightening, like, and, and you can kind of open a window on like the real, the reality of the past. Being able to explore that through sound sounds interesting. I've, I've never had the opportunity to really think about that, but I think it could be really intriguing. For sure. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so Mark, you're up next. All right, I'm going to grab animation. That's broad. I know it's really broad, but I'm assuming... <laughs> I mean, I work in games. Everything I do is animated, right? Now, I'm assuming the I'm assuming the, the examples, Puss in Boots and the Bad Guys, are kind of painting it as animated kid-slash-family movie. Um, that's what I'm thinking of, at least, when I pick it. Yeah. And I've got two real reasons for that. One is... I've only once in my career worked on a game that my kids actually wanted to play and had any sort of interest in at all, and that was Hogwarts Legacy. And it was so much fun to finally get to sit down with my kids and say, hey, look, Dad worked on this. Let's play this together, and you can hear things. And my son got to hear himself in the game, which was really funny. Um, and I've just never got to do that before, and that was amazing. So I would love to work on more things that my kids can enjoy and that I can do with them. The other is, again, it's such a broad category. I immediately start thinking about things like How to Train Your Dragon, Pixar films, and the opportunities are tremendous. Like you can kind of make things sound like whatever sells the story, and it can be very far fetched and unrealistic. And it sounds to me like a lot of fun, like a really, really big playground where I get to try all sorts of just completely wild stuff and see what happens. Um, encompasses so many things comedy adventure it it's kind of a cheat like it's the technology it's not really a genre so i get to get a lot of genres with one that's why i took it smart i i purposely didn't take animation because that's what i work in 90 percent of the time so i'm i'm looking to try out other things here so uh <laughs> but yeah animation's super fun yeah you get to make up what everything sounds like it doesn't get much better than that as far as i'm concerned Okay, so then it's my turn. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to category uh, two there, and I'm gonna grab martial arts, kung fu movies. Isn't something else I've never worked on. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to get that one. I figured it would have been gone by now. You got sports and martial arts. You got you got two times of boxing there. Yeah, sports is a little broader, but yeah, suck it, Renee. I got them both. <laughs> Deal with it. You had a chance to draft them. You didn't. I got it's them. It's true. I I passed on martial arts for the police. It's He's right. going to work on a movie that's about like a pro darts player who's secretly a ninja. <laughs> okay, don't say any more. This is going out to the public. That's a million dollar idea right there. <laughs> I'm going I'm to copyright that tonight. <laughs> but yeah, martial arts, I just love the idea of uh, the endless possibilities of some of those fights with the creativity they do. And, you know, the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon type of martial arts film is a top of the list for me where the the whooshes are as important as the hits and stuff like that and everything gets magical at times and yeah that would be a dream to work on for me have you seen Ip Man or any of the Ip Man films well I haven't seen all of them but I've seen a couple of them the first couple I yeah. guess yeah it's too super fun that's the vibe for me on, in martial arts land also like Blue Eye Samurai oh my goodness oh my goodness well that that combines Mark's last choice and my choice there yeah we can work together on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll collaborate. Uh, so that leaves me with, uh, I'm for the snake draft, I get to go again. I'll take musical. Ooh, there's a challenge. Super hard to do. We did that round table on musicals and like the stuff they were talking about, how they had to, getting in and out of the songs 
and making it sound natural. It's, that's superhero ability to me. Yeah, it would be a super-duper challenge. I think it would be really fun, too. And the, when I was a kid, I did not like musicals at all. And as I get older, I'm getting more and more into them, which is strange. I'm not sure why that is. But yeah, some musicals for me. This strangely, I, I realized recently I've never seen The Sound of Music, which is odd. My, my daughter really wants to see it, and I was like, I've never seen it. I guess we're going to have to sit down and watch it together. Oh, make sure you watch both parts of it. There's a story that has been on a couple different podcasts about this woman who, when she was a kid, they had Sound of Music on VHS, and it was on two VHSs, but they only ever watched the one. So she thought that the movie ended with the teenage teenage girl getting together with the mailman and they lived happily ever after. <laughs> <laughs> she just blanked on the Nazi star side of it. <laughs> okay, we're back to you, Mark. I'm going to grab monster movie. There you go. Do I really have to explain like Godzilla and Cloverfield like <laughs> come on, that would be fun. And it also all it also checks the animation box. My oldest son is a huge huge Godzilla fan, so he would be over the moon if dad got to work on something like that and it would just be crazy fun what's your like earliest memory of seeing a monster movie i don't know that this actually counts as a monster movie but it's a kind of a monster movie like scene that's the first thing that jumped to mind um my dad took me to see ghostbusters in the theater when i was a kid i was Mm -hmm. way too young i was four years old but i remember the state puff marshmallow man obviously (laughs) that was Amazing. Uh, beyond what that, the librarian I, at the beginning, like that was so like formative. That scared the crap out of me. But I enjoyed the movie after that. But I cried at that scene, and then after that, it was just <laughs> it was all okay from there. Um, but uh, geez, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure that I could pick the specific one. Um, but my parents had cable when I was a kid, and I remember seeing lots of like the old. I guess Showa era, I guess like the sixties Godzilla films. I remember seeing them running on cable a lot when I was a kid and they were cheesy and amazing. And yeah. Um, and then the modern ones like Cloverfield are great. Power Rangers, man. Power Rangers counts. Totally. I don't know. Is that superhero or monster? They would always turn into giant monsters. That was a straight up Kaiju movie, uh, Kaiju show. Fair enough. Um, modern one. It's probably Cloverfield. I really, really like that one. Has anyone nice. seen uh, Godzilla Minus One yet? No, no, but it's on my list. I love monster movies. I love monster movies so it's much. Got really good reviews. We've got our first person locked into a pick. Mark has to take action adventure from uh, category two because the other three have been taken. So, Teresa, what's your next pick? I, I don't think I would do a good job at this, but I'm going to pick Slasher. Yeah. Which <laughs> is really goes completely against my nature well the thing is like a slash is a lot like a western though you know there's so much like negative space and detail and you know just kind of set up so i like i've always avoided that genre i i don't like particularly scary things there are things that like lurk in your nightmares and make your life worse basically after you So this year we interviewed some crew from Evil Dead Rise and I went to the press screening for that. So that was really the first time I've ever been in a theater for a slasher film. I would consider that a slasher film. Is that correct? I don't even know <laughs> that categorization. It's kind of horror. Yeah. Yeah, it's a paranormal as well. It's a, yeah, 
fills a couple different categories. There's a lot of slashing in that film, so I'm going to call it a slasher. There's a bit of blood in that film, yeah, just a little bit of blood. It, it had never dawned on me that without the soundtrack, that movie or those that type of movie does not, there's nothing there. Like the whole, the, the scariness of it all comes from the soundtrack, whether it's the music or the sound effects. And it, in watching that movie, it was the first time it really ever occurred to me that that was the case. So I would pick that, I'm going to pick that one just because it's like, that's, the, the sound is is a huge, huge part of that genre, I would say much more than most other genres. One of the things I love noticing when I'm in a theater watching a movie like that or anything that's in the horror genre is when something scary happens. I like to sit towards the back and see how many people cover their ears. Not their eyes, their ears. Yeah. Yeah, well, or they're, they're covering their eyes, but they're not actually getting away from it because the whole thing is evident from the sound, right? Oh, yeah. You would do better to cover your ears, too. Yeah. Okay, Renee, first of your two picks. Give me biopic. Yeah. Yeah, give me biopic. Similar to like the thrillers and the other things like that. Like a lot of like good biopics like have a lot of just like negative space and detail um, that you get to play with. There's typically like good actors and good drama in a good biopic. Good directors tend to like roll through good biopics. So that's there's just kind of a lot of things that that when they're done well, like they really, really work in biopics. So Right. So stay out of the way. Like that that type of sound work. Right. Well also like yeah, live up to the art, you know. Um and but 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 yeah, definitely don't like make yourself like center of attention here. Okay, Renee, the next pick is you as well. What do you got? Give me uh give me Oscar bait for the prestige. Let's get it on. <laughs> Let's go do it. Perfect. Well, like what defines Oscar bait? You know it when you see it. <laughs> you do. Yeah. It's true. And by when it's released. And there's like different kinds of Oscar bait too. Like I worked on um Dallas Buyers Club. So I got to do um we got to do loop group for that and I got to actually go record some production sound stuff for that. And that was like a it was Oscar bait in, in the sense of like it was a vehicle for McConaughey to go get an Oscar, but it wasn't necessarily a vehicle to go like win best picture, right? And I think Oscar bait films like is they're defined here as more like films that are like gonna go try and win best picture. And those films have big budgets, so let's go get one of those. <laughs> nice. So that locks me into war film in that category. So, Teresa, you have to pick one from category four now. Left is fantasy and superhero. Between fantasy and superhero, oof. Woof. <laughs> um, oh, God. I don't know. Superhero. Superhero. So why that over fantasy? I don't know. Less dreamy, ephemeral stuff, more solid heart effects <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a rationale. I'm just I'm just being forced to make a choice. It's fair. We've interviewed a few people about working on superhero films, and it sounds pretty fun. Like Nia Hansen, she starts working on the film before she sees any of the special effects, and she's just dreaming up like what, you know, these bolts of plasma shooting out of someone's hands or whatever is going to sound like. She has to have everything ready before she sees anything. Uh, Tim Nielsen also talked about that once. That sounds pretty fun, actually, to just sit in your room and just make fantastical sounds and come up with crazy stuff in your mind without any picture to go with. Uh, that's not how my brain normally works. Really? Uh, 
My brain is likes to see something and then come up with it. I have a weird connection between color and uh, sound that my brain somehow has come up with. And uh, so if I can't see it, I have a m- much harder time because then when it shows up and something's purple, I'm like, oh, I haven't made a purple sound at all. I've been working with green, but no one else in the world would make that assumption <laughs> the way I my brain is working. But uh, yeah, I, I, so I think that would be fun and something very different to work on. Even though I do work in animation and series animation, uh, by the time I'm doing the sound, a lot of it is fairly locked in. So I don't get to exercise those uh, muscles very often. Mm, that's a good point. That that color thing is real. Um, not not just like the people that like visualize you know sounds as colors, but like also. Um, so I'm reading Rick Rubin's book right now, the the Creative Act. Have y'all read that one yet? Yeah, I, I'm aware of it, but I haven't read yeah, it. Yeah, really good. Uh, but he talks about some of the exercises that that he does with some of the, some of the artists that he works with, and one of them is like. You know, he he had somebody that was like having a hard time like playing a part in a certain way, or even the group was kind of having a hard time like becoming cohesive around a certain song, and so they sat and like dreamed up some art, like some visual art, and kind of used that as like the metaphor of like, all right, consider this general on a horse, you know, attacking, you know, this building, and, and you know, you know, just a painting of that, right? And then it's like, cool, all right, play the piano like that painting, right? And then like they all kind of got it, and they all did the thing. Right now, we're in the process of we we have Echo Collective, and we're and we do you know sound effects libraries, and one of the things we're doing with so we're actually building we're doing exactly what you're talking about. So we're building like a a, a library of like kinetic magic, right? And it's like the whole team is we're all putting our heads together and just dreaming up a bunch of sounds without a bunch of visual reference. And one of the things that I was doing like right before we jumped on here was diving into mid-journey and starting to create some visual reference for us to more cohesively focus all of our sounds around, you know, the idea of like using something like from a different medium to focus whatever creative act you're doing, especially when you're working amongst a team is like a very real thing that's like... It's effective if you if you do it the right way, and it's like part of like how like say a creative director can like get a, a group of people all on the same page and like without using words to describe how you want somebody to do something, like you can just use a different medium to to get everyone on the same page and get everyone kind of creative, you know, I guess rowing in the same direction in the boat, you know. That locks in all of our the rest of our picks, so that means Mark, you've got concert film. So is there anything about concert film that uh, attracts you even though you're stuck with it i don't feel like i'm stuck with it actually um that or biopic were the two that i would have liked from that category um no i grew up watching a lot of concert films um still watch them on occasion peter gabriel's secret world live the talking head stop making sense is the classic one um depeche modes 101 was like awesome for me when i was a teenager even though i was probably eight years late for that i got a vhs of it i loved it recoil a strange hour in berlin like yeah i like concert films i think it'd be a lot of fun i mean i think you'd get some of the technical issues that you'd get with a musical not to the same degree obviously i think it would scratch like the music mixing mastering itch i can't imagine you'd get to get super creative with the sound design of it but you'd be all about like how can i make this music sound as good as possible mix the elements together i think it'd be fun it'd be a different kind of task but i would enjoy it I've got uh, um, three hours of Christmas holidays set aside for my daughter and I to watch Taylor Swift's concert. So There you go. There's a weird thing that happens with music where if you just hear a song many, many times, you suddenly start really liking it. Mm-hmm. And uh, my daughter's in the mode now where, like, Taylor Swift's 
being played constantly. And now I'm just like, yeah, she's got some bangers, man. Those songs are amazing. <laughs> like this is a full on demographic. It's dads who are now really into Taylor Swift. Like I've heard this from many, many people that yep. yeah. this is like a real phenomenon. Swifty dads <laughs> are a thing. This is like a real slice of fan base now. Now they're all Kansas City Chiefs fans. Wonder <laughs> <laughs> if it'll happen to me. We'll see. So I actually really lucked out. With my next pick, I'm forced to take Fantasy, which is what I would have taken from that category anyway. I think that'd be super fun to work on, like a Harry Potter movie or a Lord of the Rings or something. That's Making magic is fun. Yeah, that's totally awesome. I've, that's an amazing one. And then I'm locked in for my last pick is War Film, which, again, that'll be totally awesome. I got some amazing picks out of this. Thank you very much, everybody. This is amazing. Along the same lines as the question I asked Mark, which war, Tim? Which which war is my favorite war? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Renee, you also got an awesome pick. The, the, the last row of picks for us are kind of awesome. You, you got locked into Zombie Movie, which, again, would be another fun one for sound. Yeah, zombie, Zombie's tricky, though, because it's like the zombie, like the classical like zombie vocalization is kind of like hissy and like very difficult to control. In a lot of cases, like hissy or throaty, just kind of that kind of thing, which is like difficult to mix. With that said, like if I could just choose a zombie film, I would choose a zombie film that was not based around a virus. I would go straight voodoo magic zombie film, like rising from the graves, like zombie film. And I think that'd be like a better path for me, okay. I think. <laughs> and then, Teresa, you are locked into rom-com for your last one, which, again, seems pretty much up your alley. Oh, okay. Thanks. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder, like, how people see you. Well, <laughs> It's a surprise. I, would you rather have war film or rom-com? I feel no, like no, you... that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> rom-com. I'm trying to think if I've seen one lately. It's a genre that's kind of passing away like when we were growing up every other movie seemed to be a rom-com and now there aren't very many anymore yep yeah and like i like a rom-com that like harry met sally like that's a good one always be my maybe was kind of a fun movie those are the two examples that you have here repartee i like witty repartee so if it's all about the jokes and um you know people finding happiness in the end that's okay <laughs> i don't know and then another pretty one that i thought was going to go earlier action adventure marks locked into his for the last pick there like that category i was pretty happy with just about anything in that category and as it kept getting whittled down i was like i can take any of those um mm -hmm. i mean come on like raiders of the lost ark like, like let's go that sounds like a lot of fun um exaggerated hyper real sound effects fun stories if i got to if i got to pick one uh, basically like give me an amblin entertainment film or something that's got that kind of vibe like that would be so much fun i don't feel like there's a lot of those anymore stranger things is kind of that as a tv show mm -hmm. um super eight was a lot of fun i would love to work on something like that i think it'd be really cool there's a little bit of everything in those movies yeah Okay, so Renee's final picks are sci-fi, police gangster, comedy, biopic, Oscar bait, and zombie. Teresa ended up with documentary, western, historical drama, slasher, superhero, rom-com. Mark got paranormal, mystery, animation, 
monster concert film action adventure. And then uh, I clearly won with sports, thriller, martial arts, musical, fantasy, and war film. I think Mark wins. I think Mark wins and I came down second. <laughs> we'll put it out to everybody on social media. To uh, You guys can vote or let us know where we screwed up if you want. <laughs> Other than that, uh, we also wanted to just say thanks to everybody for listening to Tonebenders over 2023. Uh, we once again, for like the sixth or seventh year in a row, it was our biggest year ever. We had more listens this year than any year before. It was also our year with the most guests ever. We had over 80 guests on the podcast this year. Uh, we got to do a lot of uh, round tables where we got to have, you know, five guests at a time. And those are always my favorite ones because they kind of foster real discussion about uh, more than just one film, which is what we sometimes are covering, just one particular topic. But thanks to everybody who listened and uh, thanks to you guys for being uh, my pals on the podcast adventure. Yeah, we I mean, we had such a good time in New York, Tim. Um, usually when people say, like, how was this or how was that? I'm like, well, yeah, it was fine. But, like, everybody I've talked to is like, how was New York? I was like, it was great. It was such a good time. <laughs> we, had, we got so much done. We had great interviews. It was, like, unequivocally such a good trip. And we're going to have some great stuff. And it was so great to meet people who were there for AES or we met them through other things. Um, and really excited to do some other interviews with some other people we met while we were there and really appreciate all the, like, appreciation that and uh, love that we got from people. Uh, it was cool. Like we walked into the meetup in New York, and somebody was like, "Hey, I recognize your voice from the from the podcast." Nice. And uh, yeah, it was a real um, sort of morale boost in general. For you know, it's been kind of a isolating couple years, so um, I'm really glad that Tim and I got to do that trip together. So that was my kind of year highlight. I got to go to three different. Tonebenders meetups this year. We did one in LA that was blindingly successful. So many people came that it, we just took the bar over completely. Uh, that was super fun. And then we did one in Toronto that had a great turnout and New York was super fun too. Although the bar we ended up picking was probably not ideal. I'm going to have to solicit more help from New Yorkers to pick a good place if we do it again. Yeah. I feel like we're slacking, Renee. There needs to be one in Texas now. Like there's two of us here. Yeah, we got to do an Austin one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we did one in Austin like four years ago, and that one was possibly our best turnout ever. That one was banging. So many people came out to that one. It was so much fun that night. But I, I think the point is just that we have really great listeners, and the sound community is awesome, and when we are able to facilitate something that brings people together, it makes me feel really good to see the community that the podcast has kind of created how people have found ways to latch on to it and, you know, make it mean something to them. Totally. Makes it all worth it in some magical way. Absolutely. It's a blast. That's it for 2023. We'll see everybody in 2024. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Adios. See ya. Dumb Bitters is produced by Timothy Muirhead, Renee Coronado, and Teresa Morrow. Theme music is by Mark Strait. Send your emails to info at tonebenderspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter via at the Tonebenders and join Tonebenders Podcast on Facebook. Support this podcast. You can use our links when you shop with Amazon or B&H or leave us a tip. Just go to tonebenderspodcast.com and click the support button. Thanks for listening. Are you looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to? Tonebenders is part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org. <laughs>